Today's Trash Talk podcast is brought to you by a presenting sponsors. Eh, who am I kidding? We don't even be presenting sponsors. World intro. First Trash Talk podcast. I'm your co-host Greg Warshaw. This is your other co-host Michael Froline. In today's podcast, we'll be covering everything NFL. We are going to start with Week One predictions, and then we're going to go to who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. Um, we'll also have some hot takes and MVP favorites. Well, let's get this started. Our first game on Thursday night is New England versus Kansas City. Pretty easy one to uh, talk about, Greg, isn't it? New England should really rile them. New England is probably many people's favorites for the Super Bowl. Uh, they got better in the offseason. Even though they lost Julian Edelman, uh, that's honestly not even going to be that big of a drop-off for them since they got Brandon Cooks from New Orleans, who's probably better than Julian Edelman. And in New England, they just have a plug-and-play system that really the next man up is just good enough for Bill Belichick. <laughs> also on the Kansas City side, Alex Smith had a huge drop-off at the end of last year. There's talks he even might be replaced. And also Andy Reid's never really been able to put up a high-scoring team that can defeat top teams. Plus, uh, there's crazy stats about Tom Brady at home, which their matchup against Kansas City, it's at New England. Brady has lost 15 of his total 113 games at home. He's lost only 15. And he's lost one game at home to an AFC opponent, which obviously the Kansas City Chiefs are in the AFC since 2007, which is freaking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I really just don't see Kansas City having a chance. I think the score is probably going to be 31-14 to New England. 31-14. Uh, I think, let's see, I'm going to say New England gets up early in the first half. I'm going to say it's like 21-7 to at the end of the first half, and they kind of slow up slow off the or take their foot off the gas pedal and it'll be about 34 17 final score patriots next game is the jets at the bills uh we're not even gonna waste our time with the jets in this podcast uh they're destined for the number one pick and it's at buffalo even though buffalo is not that great they have a good defense tyrod taylor's kind of underrated i think he had like 61 percent completion percentage last year which is pretty decent Honestly, the most interesting part of that game is to see how many uh, fights are going to be in the stands or how many uh, tables the Buffalo fans That is through. true. Buffalo does get pretty rowdy. It's probably <laughs> the only thing that's interesting about that game, or Buffalo in general, to be honest. So, 
that pretty much uh, they have a strong defense also Buffalo that's kind of the strength of their team they have a good running game with McCoy and Tyrod Taylor's a really good runner he's a better runner than he is thrower um, I think it's low scoring I'm gonna say 24 three Buffalo wins give me 21 to three 21 to three. offense just <laughs> horrific. Next game is the Eagles and the Redskins. Now, the NFC East is going to be a hard division for me to peg this year because with the Ezekiel's Elliott suspension looming, I don't know how many games he's going to play. If I had to guess, I think it's going to be reduced down to four games. And in those four games, I think the Cowboys probably go two and two. But I, it's hard for me to peg the Eagles and the Redskins. Redskins... Their best players at the most important position, which is quarterback and Kirk Cousins. I think he is really underrated. I don't even know if he's underrated since a lot of people talk about Kirk Cousins being a good quarterback. But um, it's at Washington. Yeah. I, I do think Philly's going to have a very good year, to be honest. I think they yeah. have a strong foot. I think that they have a great head coach, and I think that um, the quarterback's just going to continue to improve in the second year. Um, they, they should really should be looking to win the division this year, especially with the weak, weakening of the Eagles could series. be a surprise team, honestly, because last year with Lane Johnson, when he was healthy, their left tackle, he's by far their best offensive lineman. They started the year, people kind of forget, they started the year 4-1 and one really hot, and then they lost Lane Johnson to injury, and after that, they just totally dropped off. Um, with him back and healthy and a year under Carson Wentz wings, quote-unquote, <laughs> Um, I think Eagles are primed to actually have a breakout year. So even though the game is at Washington, I'm going to pick the Eagles. I think it's fairly high scoring since the Washington has a really good offense, and I think the Eagles are capable of a shootout. Um, I'm going to go 34-31 Eagles win. I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring. I think that both teams are going to be young I think though, especially Washington, is going to be so frustrating. They're going to be a little dogmatic on offense this year. Give me twenty-one to fourteen, Philadelphia. Next game is Raiders at Titans. Now this game is going to be played at one p.m. Eastern. The Raiders are at Tennessee, so this is going to be essentially what would it be a ten a.m. game for the Raiders? Exactly. Yeah, traveling across the country. And talking about breakout teams, we already talked about Eagles potentially being a breakout team. And in going to the AFC, I think a comparable team could be the Titans. Uh, I like Mariota. He, he's a dual threat. He can run. Um, their defense is stout. They have that uh, defensive tackle, Jarrell Casey, who's a pro bowler. And they got Eric Decker in the offseason. I think that's a overlooked uh, pickup. I think Eric Decker is going to be pretty good for them. Um, he was reliable in Denver, and that's just another weapon for Mario to throw to. The only person he had last year was Delaney Walker, who was consistent. Now he has that consistent throw in the, um, in the wide receiver position. Um, I have a bit of a different take. I think that before Carr broke his leg, everyone was thinking, who knows, the Raiders could challenge the Patriots. And honestly, I've only seen Oakland get better. They add Marshawn Lynch, and they overall just got better. They're, they're not worse, so I don't see why everyone... Is so much, um, so much less hyped about Oakland. I honestly think Oakland might is probably the second best team in the AFC, um, and I think Tennessee has a very poor mentality. They always have. And I think they always will. It shows in every team. They always go back to who they really are. 
Philadelphia, no matter how good they are, they're always going to struggle in the playoffs. Atlanta always chokes. New England always finds a way to win. Teams just always revert back to who they are. And I think that um, Tennessee is always going to be a 7-9 to an 8-8 team. That's just who they are as a franchise. And I don't see that improving even if even with this improvement in their team. I don't see how they've actually improved so much from last year. I think Oakland is going to stomp Tennessee. I think it's going to be 31-7. to Don't get me wrong. I think Oakland's really good, and they're probably going to be the second best, the second overall seed in the AFC. But I still think Tennessee, people shouldn't sleep on them because they do have really strong uh, running. They have a strong running game, and DeMarco Murray, who can also catch the ball. And... I, I think their regular season is going to be strong, but again, like what you were saying, they're inexperienced, and I think that's going to come back to bite them when they get to the playoffs, which I do think they will get to the playoffs. Um, it's at Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee does have Jerrell Casey, the defensive tackle, who's always an all-pro. I'm going to go with a little bit of a shocker. I think Tennessee wins just because the time zone change for Oakland, and it's their first game. I'm going to go Tennessee 28 to 24. That's my kind of my first upset Again, of week one so far. For me, Oakland 31-7. Okay, and the next game is the Bucks at the Dolphins. That's a really good game. Um, so probably one that I think I think Tampa Bay um they're going to be Tampa's better trendy. Than- they are they're trendy, trendy but I think they're actually very good. I think Jameis Winston has been underrated for most of his career. Um, he was probably the best quarterback in that draft coming out of the Florida State, and no one really gave him a real shot, especially if he struggled his first season. He's always going to be compared to Mariota throughout his career. They went one and two. And I, think I think there's they're going to have so many good battles throughout the years. I think eventually he's going to be compared more to Cam Newton than to um, Marcus Mariota, especially if he continues to improve. Um, they're much more similar in the quarterbacking styles. They both can sit back and throw. And though Winston isn't as fast as Newton, he can still run to a certain extent. Um, he's a little elusive in the pocket. He's sneaky. He's kind of like, you know, we would never say Tony Romo could run, but he was sneaky in the pocket. He could evade uh, rushers pretty easily. Well, when he's not breaking his back. Anyway. Uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do think Tim is good. I also think that Miami, Jake, Jake Cutler is one of the most underrated players recently in the NFL. He has a top five arm right now out of retirement. You can just plug and play him. He's His arm talent's off the charts. It's not like he actually had to learn the system because he never really did that in Chicago. So. Yeah. Um, he has Jarvis Landry there. He's a reliable target. Um, Tampa Bay, they are a very trendy pick. They picked up Deshaun Jackson in the offseason to pair with Mike Evans. That will be a really good one-two punch. They also have Doug Martin, but he will be suspended for this game. Um, I'm going to go Tampa Bay wins this game. Twenty-four to twenty-one, Tampa Bay. Um, give me Miami twenty-eight to twenty-four. Uh, next game is Jaguars at Houston. Jaguars are London so bad. Yep, it. I feel bad for London fans. We always give them the Jaguars and like the Browns. yeah. Yeah, we give them the crappiest teams, but yet they still really like the NFL. They have no idea what they're missing, but um. At Houston, uh, do we know who Houston's starting quarterback is? They're going with, who is their starting quarterback? I think that's really all you have to say. None of us actually know who. Bill O'Brien is so, he 
changes quarterbacks so often. It looks like they're going to... Or no, they got rid of Brock Osweiler. Um, starting quarterback's going to be Tom Savage. Oof. Deshaun Watson obviously is the backup. It's just a matter of time before he starts playing. I like Houston's... Their overall roster is good. And now that J.J. Watt's going to be coming back from injury, their defense is going to be stout with him and Jadavian Clowney. Um... Who else do they have? Merciless is a good rusher. Brian Cushing is an underrated inside linebacker. Cornerbacks are kind of weak at. Joseph's good. Jonathan Joseph. But other than that, they're kind of susceptible there. Um, they're playing the Jaguars, though. It'll be interesting to see how Leonard Fournette does in his um, debut in the NFL after having a rough year last year in college. And in the he's already feeling himself a little bit because in the – preseason after only one game where he rushed for I think it was like 50 yards he said the NFL game was way easier than he thought first of all the preseason is a whole different season than the regular season ask any NFL player they've said that multiple times his speed is just not comparable at all and I think I honestly don't really like Leonard Fournette that much I think he he's always been overhyped um and he's probably the de facto best offensive player they have Blake Bortles his mechanics is eroded he drops the ball b- below his waist, which is kind of hard to conceive. How does a quarter NFL quarterback even drop the ball that far? Just talks uh, that Chad Henney is actually going to become the starter. That yeah, that tells you all you need to know if you're thinking about starting Chad Henney. Um, Jaguars are they'll be lucky if they score a touchdown. I'm gonna go. They'll put up two field goals. Go Jaguars six, Texans uh, seventeen. Um, give me Texans 21, Jaguars 10. Next game is at Ford Field. It's the Cardinals at the Lions. Cardinals, uh, they're hard for me to predict. Um, really depends what you think you're going to get out of the Cardinals' offense. I I think the Cardinals are going to be, they're going to start off the season really fast um, because Carson Palmer was hurt for, uh, what was it, the ending of the last season. And I think with that time off for an old quarterback like Carson Palmer, I think that will just improve his play. Um, David Johnson, who might arguably is one of the best, or maybe even the best running back in the NFL, he can do it all. He can block, he can catch, he can run. Um, last year you could even say he was a little bit of a sneaky MVP candidate, even though he didn't have a good record they he still accounted for so much of their offense um they still have larry fitzgerald who's always been reliable and they're playing detroit at home detroit uh, matthew stafford took such a huge step forward last year he really once calvin johnson left i think he really decided that he can't just toss the ball up to anyone which obviously is much better um I still worry about the pieces they have around him because, to be honest, they it's really not much. Um, his receivers are Golden Tate, um, Marcus Jones, um, and then he's Eric Ebron as his tight end, so that's not exactly a lot of targets. And he doesn't exactly have a great running back either. So he doesn't have many pieces around him, but I, I think that he's such a great quarterback and his talent which, coming out of UGA, everyone thought he might become the next great quarterback. I think it's, he's really going to continue to take step forwards, and I think that he is a sneaky MVP pick for this upcoming year. 
Um, give me the um, Lions winning this game, 28-14. to 14. I like Stafford's good, but he's pretty much all they have on offense. Uh, I think last year was a little bit deceiving for the Lions because they won so many close games. Matthew Stafford had like eight or nine game-winning drives, which is just ridiculous. I'm pretty sure that set a record in the regular season last year. Um, they're at home against the Cardinals. I'm going to go the Cardinals actually take this game. Um, it's going to be close, though, just like all Lions games are close. I'm going to go 17-14 Cardinals. Uh, next up is Falcons, your team fro. The Atlanta yep. Falcons at Chicago. It's hard to play in Chicago. Chicago's going to be a, they're going to be really bad this year. Um, still though, it's it's kind of hard to play in Chicago. The Falcons, I mean, they're good. I just think last year was a combination of being good and also being lucky. They had the same starting offensive lineman for every game, right? Yep, that's that's correct. ridiculous. The one thing you need in the NFL is to also be good and lucky, and they for sure lucked into having their offensive lineman healthy for every game. That consistency just improves both your running game and production for Matt Ryan. If you give Matt Ryan time, he'll just pick your defense apart, especially with the weapons he has. He has uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Both of them can catch the ball to the backfield. Uh, They have a good offensive line, too. They also have the best wide receiver, in my opinion, in the NFL, and Julio Jones. Um, their defense, they finally have a good defense, looks like. Uh, they have Deion Jones, who's a good rusher. Uh, who else do they have on defense? Vic Beasley, who led the Vic NFL Beasley, yeah. yeah, he was um, really Keanu super good. Neal, Desmond Trufant's healthy again. Um, Alford's healthy. Um, they have Campbell, Deion Jones. It, it's a really an embarrassment of riches right now for Atlanta, whose defense for so long looked to be so poor. And for as stacked as Atlanta's roster may be, uh, Chicago's pretty much completely devoid of any playmakers. I can't think of any really standout players on their defense, or really offense for that matter. Um, Jordan Howard looked okay last year. He'll probably be the only fantasy-relevant player on their team, but... Uh, this isn't really hard to predict. The Falcons are going to win this game. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring affair than people think, just because Chicago, there's a ton of wind in that field. Soldier Field, it's right off Lake Michigan. Um, I'm going to go Falcons 27, even though I think that is considered low scoring for a Falcons game. Falcons get 27, Bears 10. That would be the lowest uh, Falcons game with combined points in the last three years or something like that. <laughs> um, give me Atlanta 45-17. to 17. Uh, Bears get 17 just because it's Atlanta. Um, but, yeah, I think Atlanta's going to be up about th- by 35-7 to seven at halftime probably. It's going to be a blowout. Next game we have Ravens at the Bengals. Bengals fans, I feel for you guys. Uh, you always play well in the regular season. And when it comes to the playoffs, you guys just shit the bed. Um, it looks like Vontez Perfect is going to be suspended for the first game again. Uh, that's just another of one of the litanies of suspensions he's gotten. Um, Bengals, Andy Dalton's way too inconsistent. Um, AJ Green is super good. That's about it. They have that's yeah, all they have. Stretch the field with AJ Green. Uh, they're running back. I think 
they drafted Joe Mixon. He'll be intriguing out of the backfield this year. I think he could be um, a potential candidate for Rookie of the Year. Uh, a lot of teams didn't pick him because of his domestic violence issues off the field, but I think he would have been a first-round pick, undoubtedly, if he didn't have those issues. And he fell to the Bengals, who desperately needed a running attack since Jeremy Hill's kind of been a bust. Um, but on the Ravens' side of the ball... You're not so elite, Joe Flacco. Yep. A really experienced team, but not... They don't have any really young players that are dynamic. Uh, yeah, Joe Flacco is going to... Looks like he's going to start week one. He just reported back to practice on Friday for the first time. Um, they have Colin Kaepernick. Oh, wait. No, they don't. They don't have Colin Kaepernick. Jeremy Macklin, they got him in this offseason. Mike Wallace. Overall, it's just a very uninspiring team, the Ravens. They're going to win nine games probably, but it's nothing that's to be exciting. It'll be low scoring. Um, I don't really see any reason to be excited about them particularly. Um, they're still going to be second best in their division to... Um, the Steelers, um, but they should take care of this game. The, the Bengals are much worse than they have been in past years. They, ha- they haven't improved. They're aging. Andy Dalton is a below-average quarterback. Um, this will probably be the most boring game of the weekend, even if these aren't the worst teams. Give me the Ravens winning 14-10. to 10. And I am going to go... I'll give Cincy the benefit of the doubt since they're at home. Uh, I'm going to go 21-17 since he wins. Next game is going to be a complete blowout. It's the Steelers at Cleveland. The only thing working in Cleveland's favor in this game is that they're at home. Uh, the Browns have, are completely devoid of talent. <laughs> Aside from Miles Garrett, who I, I even think he's probably going to be a bust. I don't think he should have been the first overall pick. There's something about him that... He doesn't have a high motor, and going to Cleveland isn't going to help his motivation at all. They are going to be probably they're going to have one or two wins by the end of this end of the year. Um, who I don't, who's their starting quarterback? Browns. Browns. Yeah. Oh, it's um, Kaiser from Notre Dame. Oh, geez. So uh, he has looked good though in the preseason. I mean, I could look good in the preseason. True. True. No one's trying. It doesn't matter. And again, it's the Browns. I think we could record this podcast every year for the past 20 years, and it could have been the same. You know, they have a new starting quarterback, but wait, it's the Browns. It's just a cycle of failure. Steelers, they are going to be vying, I think, for the two or three seed in the AFC with the Raiders. I think the best teams in the AFC are, it's easily going to be the Patriots at one, and I think it's going to be a toss-up between the Steelers and the Raiders for the second and third seeds. They have Martavis Bryant, who's coming off suspension. He was suspended all of last year. He's one of the multiple weapons they have on offense. They also have Antonio Brown, who's up there for best receiver in the league. They have Ben Roethlisberger, who was contemplating retirement in the offseason, but that was he was just fucking around. Uh, he's still one of the best. He's he's definitely a top ten quarterback. I don't know if I'd say top five anymore, but he's. He definitely get the job done. He can go off for 40, 40 or so points any given Sunday. On that topic, how much longer? How how much longer of a window do you think the Steelers have left? Because it's quickly closing. Well, that just that all depends on Ben Roethlisberger. Once they lose him, I mean, I I give Ben Roethlisberger. I think he goes two more years. I, I don't see him doing, especially if they're not looking close to the Patriots soon. 
I think he's a guy who likes to do other things like beat women in his off uh, free time. So I, I don't see him, I don't I don't see him uh, uh, going for much more than another year tops. He he just has no real love of the game it seems. Um, so going to the game predictions for this, it's going to be lopsided. Uh, I'm going to say 31 to three Steelers, 35, seven Steelers. Next game is the Indianapolis Colts at the Los Angeles Rams. This season for the Colts, I think it's going to be the lost season for Andrew Luck. When we look back on this in retrospect, I well, mean, if he even plays, that's that's still me. He's not going to. I don't think he plays in September. He the uh, Chuck Pagano was just interviewed, and they haven't even seen him throwing a ball yet. Uh, that's not good, and he's coming off shoulder shoulder surgery, which obviously is instrumental for a quarterback's performance. Um, that surgery is usually tough to overcome. The only really successful example of overcoming that has been Drew Brees when he blew out his shoulder in San Diego and then got picked up by New Orleans, but that was kind of just a perfect fit with Sean Payne there. Um, I still like Andrew Luck. I just I don't see anything materializing this year for him, and the Indianapolis Colts might be one of the worst organizations in the NFL. And I think the they only... might be the worst organization professional sports. They're, they've wasted, between him we'll see what and Peyton Manning, the two of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL, they have won Super Bowl. And I, I think that speaks volumes about about how poorly they've been run. The old GM for Andrew Luck was Ryan Grigson, and he was absolutely horrible. Uh, some of his contemporaries were actually really puzzled at how he was even a GM. They don't even think he should have got the job. He was an old offensive lineman. And his football intellect from listening to people that were interviewed about him, they say he wasn't the brightest guy. And that definitely showed in his... Uh, in his drafts where he was taking Philip Dorsett, like in the first round, he was just taking small wide receivers that were really explosive down the field and he wasn't addressing, protecting Andrew Luck at all or shoring up that defense. They were kind of a mess. Let's see what their new um, GM can do. But uh, nothing, they can't turn around this fast. The Colts, uh, I think they'll probably finish the year around 6-10, and 10, give or take. And... But it, things aren't that much better in L.A. Uh, granted, they did free, face a lot of adversity last year with the move and all, but mm-hmm. you can't make a ton of excuses. Jeff Fisher, I think, was probably the most overrated coach in NFL history, I think. I think you have to be uh, rated whatsoever to uh, he, No, p- people thought Jeff Fisher was a good coach, and he's had this job forever. And he even got a contract extension before he was fired, which puzzled many people in the NFL He's Mr. 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, They did strengthen their receiving court, Sammy Watkins, um, which is a good sign. I think Jared Goff... If he can even stay on the field, though. I, I think I think Jared Goff is better than anyone's giving him credit for, that he got tossed into the worst possible situation in L.A. And, of course, it, it didn't go well. There, There's no way his offensive line was poor. He had no weapons. Todd Gurley was basically the only other legitimate player on the team. I think they have improved. Um, I think their defense is going to be much better this year. I, I, I think the, the, the move really um, was rough for them, but I do think they're going to rebound. And you have to remember, last year, it wasn't like they didn't win a game. Um, they won um, four games last year, um, which obviously isn't good, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Um, 
And I think they're only going to improve on that because you have to remember the division they're in is beyond weak with the 49ers and then the Cardinals who aren't really that great anymore. The only other good team in the division is Seattle. So they almost have two guaranteed win- wins against um, the 49ers already. So I-, I think they'll be better than people think. Yeah, I don't know what to make of Jared Goff yet because we've seen other quarterbacks who struggled a ton in their rookie season but went on to have Hall of Fame careers. Just take, for example, Peyton Manning. He was 3-13 and his first year as a starter, and he threw 28 picks. He still he had 26 touchdowns, which was good, but he had two more interceptions than he did picks. His completion percentage was at 56%. Um, and then you go to Eli Manning, his brother, who... He's had an up-and-down career, but I think for the most part, you'd be happy if you had Eli Manning as your quarterback. He had a 55 quarterback rating his rookie year, which is horrible. Um, He threw more interceptions than touchdowns, just like Peyton did. Um, So we still have to see what Jared Goff has. Uh, It's really going to be up to Sean McVay. That's why they hired him, who's the new head coach for the Rams. He's honestly the same age as Jared Goff pretty much is the youngest head coach in the NFL for, since like 1960 or something like that. I think he's 34 years old. Um, it's really going to be up to McVeigh to work some magic with Jared Goff, but the game's at LA. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams because they, and, oh, I forgot to mention Aaron Donald might be the best defensive player in the NFL. Probably is. We'll have to see how good JJ Watt is returning off the injury. He might give him a run for his money, but easily the leader. Last year, yeah, no yeah. one ever talks about Big Beasley. Homerism, but he led the NFL in sacks. It's, it's only homerism if he wasn't good. But when you leave the NFL in sacks, no one talks about him as a top ten defender in the NFL. He's good. He's just not the best defender in the NFL. Oh, I didn't say. I don't know if he's the best, but I think if he continues along this track and he continues sure, to lead the NFL in sacks, I mean, you'd you'd kind of have find it hard to argue against him. More sacks than um, the guy in Denver last year. You guys will quickly learn to discredit Michael's takes about the Falcons. No, I think it's pretty <laughs> accurate, though. I mean, for a guy who led the NFL in sacks, you didn't even remember his name when we were talking about the Falcons' defense. True. Um, so, game predictions, I it's going to be low scoring. I'm going to go 10-6, Rams win. Uh, give me 14-3, Rams. Next is probably... I think going to be the most intriguing matchup of week one. It's the Seahawks at the Packers. The Packers are a perfect example of how impactful and important the quarterback position is in the NFL. And the quarterback is the single most important position in all of sports, not even just football. Uh, if you have a good quarterback, he can lead you to multiple NFC championship games in the Super Bowl, as Aaron Rodgers has done. Um they have obviously the pack. The Packers are going to have one of the best offenses this year up there with Steelers, Falcons, probably the Patriots too. Uh, they have Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Ty Montgomery is going to be intriguing to watch this year. The converted wide receiver to running back. Um, he's out of Stanford. He was a really good weapon there. Um, he's kind of a can do it all running back because obviously he can catch because of his history of being a wide receiver. Uh, Mike McCarthy is a good coach. He doesn't get enough credit. Uh, the Packers' really weakness is going to be on defense. They don't have a ton of impactful players. They just have Clay Matthews, who's been battling injuries. Um, they lost. They don't have Julius Peppers anymore, and I don't think they really have any good corners yep. or safeties. Uh, but then you go to Seattle. Seattle is, 
I think, going to be the favorite to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC. They just got their defense just got way better picking up um, Sheldon Richardson from the Jets for just like a third round pick, and they're in Jermaine Curse, who I mean. Seattle's never really had great wide receivers, and it doesn't matter because Russell Wilson's so good. He can just make make do with whatever he has. I don't think that was – that definitely made them better. Um, Sheldon Richardson's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, and he was probably the best player on the Jets, and they just got rid of him since they're completely tanking. Um, their defense definitely got better, but you have to remember. Oh, they have – got exposed the entire, entire – No, that, sec- I mean, that was, was because without, Earl, um, Thomas. Earl Thomas. He was the Earl one Thomas who gelled them together. You kind of wonder with his age and coming back from a broken like how effective – The window is for sure closing on this Seattle. Is, this is the window. We thought – more year. What they've they've won one Super Bowl. They're on the door of winning two, two with the Patriots. They got blown out last year in the playoffs. It's kind of remarkable that we're sitting here with Seattle only winning one Super Bowl, even though that's a great accomplishment. I mean, the Seahawks roster has been so stacked that we just expected them to win more Super Bowls. I think this year they get it to the Super Bowl, but we'll we'll say that for later in the podcast, the Super Bowl predictions. But Seahawks are going to be strong this year. I'm predicting probably like a 12 and four, 13 and three record. Um, they're at Green Bay. I, I, it's gonna be tough. I think they win, and it's gonna be a high scoring affair. Whenever playing Aaron Rodgers, it's gonna be hard to limit him, um, especially at home. I'm gonna go 37, 31 Seahawks. Um, I find it hard to see how the Seahawks are gonna score points. Russell Wilson is probably the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Um, He's the third highest quarterback rating of. In history, right now, yeah, you get very behind high. Rodgers and I agree. You get a great quarterback ring when you throw the ball five yards, dump down to Marshawn Lynch, and he runs it for a while. He has a great deep ball. He he really doesn't. He struggles down the field. At least in recent years, he's really struggled. Um, and he has no receivers anymore to throw. The, even if he has a great deep ball, which he really doesn't, he's no one to throw it to with no receivers anymore. The running game has gone to crap. They have no offensive line to speak of. Um, he's going to be under constant pressure. And as a running quarterback, I, I kind of find it hard to see how he's going to continue to stay healthy. He's had um, great health throughout his career. Um, but I don't know how much longer that's going to be able to continue because he's going to get hit a ton this upcoming year. Um, I, I really think this is going to be the year where they take a step back. Um, I think they're going to be a slightly above average team at best. And I think Green Bay kills them in this game. Uh, give me Green Bay 31-10. to 10. You say Russell Wilson just dink and dunks the ball, but he has a 7.7 average up the target, which is pretty elite. Anytime you're nearing eight yards of a pass, that's up there with the best quarterbacks in the league. And he also threw for 4,219 yards and well, a 64% completion You have to look at the difference between yards per pass and then yards to catch. It's a very large difference. Because when you're throwing screens, yeah, you're going to get some good long runs. Um, and that kind of throws off that stat. You should really look at the median average of yards to catch, which I promise you will be much lower than that. Um, Plus, he can run too, but he was battling injuries. But I uh, can't much better for him for the upcoming years. Yeah, I think he's going to stop running the ball, especially as he gets up there in age. There, he's going to go more conservative and stay in the pocket and throw because he's been progressing as a passer. Um, so, yeah, I think 37 31 Seahawks. Next game is Panthers at 49ers. Uh, Panthers, I have no idea how good they're going to be. I think they're going to be probably 7-9. Um, McCaffrey, I think he's a little overhyped. He's, I guess, the great white hope now in the NFL. 
It's like the came Kyle Korver of the NFL a couple of years ago. Or Peyton Hillis when he graced the cover of Madden being the white running back. He actually had a really good year that year. But anyway, Panthers, Calvin Benjamin's coming back. Um, there were concerns about his weight in the offseason. He ballooned up to like 285. His fat ass was eating Snickers while watching the Panthers games last year. Wasn't watching his weight. Um, but he's looked good in the preseason so far for whatever that's worth. Um, Cam Newton's so up and down. Obviously, he had that breakout year in, what was it, 2015? And I, I just don't, he's not going to replicate that again. I think he's somewhere in between the Cam Newton from that season and the Cam Newton from last season. He's definitely, I don't think he's as bad as he was last year. That was just a convergence of a bad team, poor coaching, and the other question is how healthy will he be able to sit throughout yeah. his career and how much longer he's at even going to want to play football. Cam Newton's no longer that young anymore. Um, I, I don't see him wanting to play football as long as other guys. It doesn't seem to me um, that he really loves the game as much as, say, Tom Brady. I think he understands that there's more to life than this. And, he, and he's taken more hits than any other NFL quarterback in the past five, ten years. I think he's second to only Andrew Luck. I'm pretty sure Andrew Luck's the only one that's been hit more. Um, and they're going up against, who is it, 49ers. 49ers had a good draft. I think they're they're definitely, their blueprint right now is a good one to have. I have confidence in Lynch. And Shanahan, wherever he's gone, Kyle Shanahan, who's their new head coach, he's done wonders for the quarterback position. He was Matt Ryan's offensive coordinator last year. And then the year before that, he was Kirk Cousins' offensive coordinator when Kirk Cousins really blew up. I think he's kind of a quarterback guru. Um, 49ers, they're, I don't even know who the cornerback is, though. Uh, it's, a, it's not Blaine Gabbert. 49ers quarterback? Yeah, he was the 49ers quarterback. Um, it's uh, Hoyer. Hoyer? Yeah. Brian Hoyer. Whenever you have Brian Hoyer as your quarterback, you're... Opportunities are, are limited. Yep, you're rebuilding for the future. Um, they got the good pass rusher from Oregon. Um, they're at home. Uh, I'm really tempted to pick the 49ers, but I, I can't see them winning. I think the Panthers win this game. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of boring. 21-14, to 14, Panthers win. 28-10, uh, Panthers for me. Next game is a Sunday night game. The Giants at the Cowboys. The Cowboys, I'm going to assume, are going to be without Ezekiel Elliott. So they're going to rely heavily on Dak Prescott on the offense. Dak attack. Dak attack, it is. Um, the Giants The Giants are a really trendy team, but when when I say the Giants, who's the first player that comes to mind for you, Michael? Um, Eli Manning, probably, or Odell Beckham, one of the two. For me, it's Odell Beckham, but whenever... Whenever you think of a team and you think of a wide receiver first off, that I don't think they're going to be a good team. The wide receiver can't be your best player. Look at uh, the years with Chad Johnson in Cincinnati. They never made it outside the divisional round. And look at the years with Calvin Johnson in the Lions. If your wide receiver is your best player, you're not going to be that successful of a team. I think even you can make the argument that Brandon Marshall is their second best player above uh, Eli Manning. That's kind of debatable. So, Especially if your top two players are wide receivers. So... Their defense is good. Um, it's at Dallas. I'm going to go. Dallas wins the game even without Zeke. They'll just play. They'll just manage the clock. They have Darren McFadden, who's fine. He rushed for over 1,000 yards before Zeke last year. Um, they solved the offensive line. 
So I'm going to go Cowboys win a battle of the clock, and the final score is 21-14 Cowboys. Um, I agree. I think it's going to be 17-14 Cowboys. Manning throws at least two picks. Book it. Then we go to Monday Night Football, the Saints at my Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm going to guarantee this right now. Adrian Peterson, this will be Adrian Peterson's best game, really his only good game of the season. I think he's washed up, and he's going to be motivated as hell to just beat the shit out of the Vikings' defense. Um, I think he's going to run wild on us. He's going to at least get 100 yards this game. And Drew Brees is going to look like the typical Drew Brees. He's thrown for 5,000 yards, I think, the last five seasons. Um, he's just ridiculously consistent at that position. But their defense is absolutely horrible. I They're going to let Sam Bradford put up at least 21 points on their defense, which is pretty embarrassing since it, Sam Bradford just dinked and dunks the ball. He He's... The Vikings offense is just so conservative. Um, our offensive line is absolutely horrible. So, yeah, I, what's interesting about this game is you have one great offense against a great defense, and then the other side will also be absolute shit. So, um, and the Vikings just did get a top three cornerback. I didn't even know this guy's name, but according to Pro Football Focus, 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 uh, Focus um, I think his name's Tremaine Block Brock. And he was the third best cornerback last year, and he's—I think he was on 49ers. Too bad you can't get the third best quarterback into that cornerback because your offense is trash. The Vikings, I think, have had one of the best rosters in whole in the NFL the last couple of years, but just they just can—we can never figure out the quarterback position. I think if we just had a just give us Kirk Cousins, we would be a Super Bowl contending team easily. I think. I think the rest of your offense is also worse than you um, think. Um, yeah, for this for this year, yeah. But in past years, we're a little bit better. Uh, Stephon Diggs is our best receiver. Adam Thielen's a total possession receiver, but he he's not really that fast. He can't take the top off the defense. Neither can Diggs really. His they're both possession receivers, so we don't have that explosive of an offense. So it'll be interesting to see Dalvin Cook um, run the ball. I think he could easily be the rookie of the year this year, just because of his usage rates can be off the charts. He'll. He also is going to have to share time, though, with Latavius Murray, who the Vikings picked up in the offseason but has been battling injuries, so he hasn't been out on the field that much this preseason. I think that's going to hurt him. Um, so predictions for this game, it's at Minnesota. Uh, I think the Vikings... I'm going to take my bias out of this. I actually think the Vikings lose this game. It's going to be really close, though. I'm going to go 21-17 Saints. Um, I actually think the Vikings win this. I think the Saints' defense is far worse than you can even imagine. I think the Vikings' offense will be able to do enough and put some points so far. I think it's going to be 24 to 21 Vikings. And the last game is the second doubleheader of the Monday night game, or Monday night. Um, it's going to be Chargers at the Broncos, the Los Angeles Chargers, remind you. And they're going to be traveling to Denver. Denver. They're not sold in the quarterback position. It's between Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. It looks like Simeon's going to be the quarterback. Simeon reminds me a lot of Bradford. He's kind of a game manager. Um, Broncos, they also they have great receivers, but just it's going to be a question of if their quarterback can even get them the ball. Uh, their defense is going to be one of the best in the NFL. They're going to have to roll on their defense throughout the season and in this game especially because Phillip Rivers is maybe the most underrated quarterback, I think, in the NFL. He's great, but just the Chargers haven't had 
a good roster in whole. But uh, Joey Bosa looked amazing last year's defensive rookie of the year. He's a beast, and he sat out of the whole preseason. He didn't. He wasn't even taking snaps to the team on the field, and he came in and just tore up the league. Um, they have Keenan Allen returning also, who I think is a great receiver. He can stretch the field. He's a big body to throw to. I believe he's 6'4". Um, that gives um, Philip Rivers a big target to throw to. And they, the emergence of Melvin Gordon really took steps forward last year after an abysmal rookie year where people thought he was going to break out, but it just never happened. Um, but then things finally came together from last year. And I think I'm going to go Chargers win this. Uh, yeah, Chargers win this game at Denver. I'm going to go 17 to 10. Um, I do think the Chargers are a much better team. I think Denver just has very little offer. I think it's to be 10 to 3 San Diego. Okay, and that wraps up the week one predictions. Now we're going to move to our playoff predictions. Let's start in the AFC. Um, this is easy. The first seed is going to be the Patriots. Last year they were 14 and 2, and I think they've they've only gotten better. Uh, I'm going to go. They win. They're, I'm going to go 15 and 1 for the Patriots. They'll lose the last game of the year once they sit Brady or they just take their foot off the gas. 15 and 1 Patriots, first seed in the AFC. Um, second seed in the AFC, I am going to go with the Steelers over the Raiders just because the Steelers have more experience when they get into late game situations. I trust Roethlisberger a little bit more than I do Derek Carr. Um, again, the Steelers, I think might have the best offense in the NFL. They just have so many weapons with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant coming back. So Raiders second seed, I'm going to go. They're going to be 13 and three. Third seed is going to be the Oakland Raiders at 12 and four. Derek Carr, I think, is going to be an MVP candidate again this year. Um, he was an MVP candidate last year, and then he broke his leg the last week. I'm going to go Raiders third seed. Uh, and the fourth seed, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I believe they finished the year about. I'm going to go 10 and six, a game up from what they finished last year at nine and seven. So Titans fourth seed, um, fifth seed. I am going to go with, man, this is hard. I'm going to go with the Kansas city chiefs as the fifth seed at nine and seven. Uh, I'm just going with them because as a whole, their roster is really talented. They have Tom Bali on defense. Terry Kill really came on last year. He's kind of an X factor for them. Um, and yep, so that's their the fifth seed is gonna be the Chiefs, and then the last seed in the AFC I am going to give to I'm gonna go to a shocking team here. I'm gonna actually go to the Chargers last seed in the AFC. I think Philip Rivers and then the new coach there, uh, Anthony Lynn. I think he's gonna do wonders for that team, and I think their defense is going to be better than it was last year. Um, Chargers last seed in the AFC. Um, so, for my AFC predictions, I think the Patriots are actually going to go 16-0. They basically Ooh. have um, six. the rest of the teams in the division aren't going to beat them once, so that's 6-0 right there. Then they play the NFC South for another four games, um, and they're just going to destroy them. So that's 10 out. So I think the other game, I, I just don't see them losing. I don't, I don't see a reason. 
a, a single realistic game where they're going to actually lose. Um, my second seed is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Raiders are better, but they have such a harder division. I don't think that um, they're going to be able to keep their record up as much because they're just going to lose a game here and there to the other teams in the division. Um, so give me the Steelers at 12-4. and four. Uh, Third seed is the Raiders at 11-5. and five. Um, And I think the Raiders are better than the Steelers. It's just the division is so rough for them. And they also have to play out on the West, West Coast, um, which is also tough. Um, then the fourth seed, give me the Tennessee Titans at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, They're not going to be good, but that division is going to be so bad that it's not going to matter. Um, my fifth seed are going to be the Chiefs at 9-7. And then my sixth, sixth seed are going to be the Ravens, also at 9-7, because, again, the AFC North is so poor, I think they could squeeze into the playoffs. And to the NFC now, the first seed, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think they've gone better. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to be healthier. they got Sheldon Richardson. They're going to be my number one seed in the NFC at 13-3. and three. Second seed, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers, all due to one man, Aaron Rodgers, who probably is going to be the MVP of this year. He... Could be the MVP at every year. Packers at 12-4. and four. Uh, Third seed, I am going to go with... I'm hesitant, but I'm going to go with the Falcons as Ooh. the third seed at... I'll give them 11-5. and five. I think the Falcons are going to be a hard team to predict this year. Because last year or the year before last year, they were what they were seven and nine after starting five and zero. Oh. Yeah, but you have to think that they learned from that. Um, so I think they're at least trending the correct direction. So I think they're going to be eleven five again this year. I think Matt Ryan kind of cools off a little bit, and also another big question about him is going to be any lingering effects of that Super Bowl. Um, I'll still give him the third seed, eleven and five, fourth seed. I am going to go with the Dallas Cowboys at 10-6. and six. Zeke will eventually come back, and he's just going to run wild in the rest of the NFL. The offensive line will dominate every game, and Dak's going to be just good enough where he wants to do too much for that team. I'm going to go Cowboys fourth seed at 10-6. and six. Fifth seed, I am... I think it's going to be the... I'm going to go... Tampa Bay Bucks at nine and seven. Uh, I think Jameis is going to have a breakout year, and he's going to be throwing to huge targets. And OJ Howard and Mike Evans both are at six and five or six five. Um, Buccaneers fifth seed at nine and seven, and my last seed in the NFC, kind of an upset pick here. I am going to go with the Eagles. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a strong year. Um, they finally got a. I, I guess a, res, a dependable receiver. Not even dependable because he's always hurt. But Sammy Watkins, I think, will add a new dimension to that team. Um, and Zach Ertz is a pretty good tight end. Uh, Eagles are the last seed, succeed in the NFC at 9-7. and seven. Um, I don't think you're going to love my NFC predictions because they're very different. Um, my first seed actually is going to be the same. I think the Green Bay Packers are going to be... Very good. I had the Seahawks. You had the Seahawks, excuse me. Um, I think the Green Bay Packers are going to be 13-3. Um, I think they're much better than their division, which is always important looking at um, who's going to get the number one seed. Um, I, I really see them dominate most games. Um, 
they have to play at Atlanta when they open the Mercedes-Benz, so I think they're going to lose there. And one or two other games, but I think they're going to be very good. Um, my second seed is going to be Atlanta at 12-4. and four. Um, I think that they're just stacked all over the field. Um, their weakest part of the game is special teams, and when that's the biggest issue on your team, you're knowing, you know you're doing something right, um, unless you're the... Uh, the Vikings with their kicking game, then it might be a little bit. Hey, bigger. we have a new kicker. Blair Walsh now is on Seattle, which I have no idea why they picked up Seattle because he was the one who missed the kick against Seattle to lose his opponent. Uh, maybe maybe anyway. it's a reward for missing that kick. Get a little extra money right there. Yeah, fuck Blair Walsh. <laughs> um, so I think Atlanta's going to be the second seed. The third seed, I think, is to be the Eagles at 11 and 5. I think the Eagles are going to win the NFC East pretty easily, actually. I, I, I think that the Giants are going to be. Four and twelve this year. I think they're going to be terrible. Um, I think Wyoming is going to have a terrible year. I, I I don't see them being good. My fourth seed is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think they're going to win the NFC West um, at ten and six. Um, I could I, see it. I I think they bounce back, and I think that Seattle is going to really struggle. My um my fifth seed is going to be the Dallas Cowboys um, at ten and six. Um, they're going to be good, but they're really going to miss Seek, and I think that they are going. They, they're not going to be able to repeat what they did last year. Um, I think teams are really going to start to figure out um, their offense more than they did last year. And then my sixth seed is going to be the Detroit Lions. Wow! I think they're going to squeeze in at nine and seven, and that's interesting. What what makes that more interesting is I think that. Um, Seattle's going to miss the playoffs. I think Seattle is going to win seven games this year. I, I don't see how they're going to score points with no offensive line. I think their defense is much older than anyone realizes. I think they're gonna be they're gonna struggle with injuries and their locker room we saw at the end of last year was falling apart and it doesn't seem to have gotten much better. Marshawn Lynch retired early and I think that speaks volumes because it wasn't as if they could, they weren't still competitive. And they unretired when he could go back to a place he was happier. So I, I really think they have locker room issues. They're old. They have no offensive line. I think they're really going to drop off a cliff this year. I think throughout the season we should make bets on this podcast. And I am not high on the Vikings this year, but I almost I guarantee you that the Vikings will be better than the Lions that in the NFC North. They'll finish with a better record. I think the Vikings are going to go 8-8. Eight eight. I think the Lions are going to be less than that. What do you want to bet? Chipotle? Or, or we can Chipotle. do the Chipotle. All right. Comment us, whatever, on our Twitter page. We're going to make a Twitter page. How do you pronounce Chipotle? Is it Chipotle or is it Chipotle? Like Olay. Fucking or, or, or another option does no one actually give a fuck. That, okay, that'll be the other option. Probably don't give a fuck. All right. Um, Chipotle on that. Okay. Also, Vikings finish better than the Lions. First board bet. Also, another we sh- we should also another option for this bet is a hot wing challenge to eat five atomic oh, like wings. KD. Yep, five atomic wing challenge. That that could that could be another option. We'll also we'll also toss that one out there. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll discuss that a little bit more. All right, this podcast is running a little long. We're gonna delete the. We're not gonna give our three hot takes this season. We'll just wrap it up with a quick awards predictions we'll just do mvps uh, my mvp prediction this year is going to be Derek carr from the oakland raiders i think he's gonna have just as good a year as he did last year because he's not gonna break his leg the last week and the raiders are gonna be a top three seed in the afc Derek carr i'm gonna say 
nearing 5,000 yards passing. He's gonna, actually, I'll, I'll go a little bit less than that. He's going to be like 4,600 yards passing, 34 touchdowns, and I want to see him take some more chances. I want to actually see the interception just go up a little bit. It's not the end all be all with the interceptions. I think it's actually good when your quarterback takes risks on the field and not just dinking dunks like Sam Bradford. Um, I think probably like 34 touchdowns and 12 picks for Derek Carr. Um, I think mine is going to be Tom Brady, um, as they're going to go 16 and 0. And when you go 16 and 0, it's kind of hard to bet against that. And that will wrap up the inaugural edition of the Trash Talk Pod. Again, I'm your co-host Greg Warshaw. This is Michael Froen signing off. Peace. We get a weakness. You gotta see this. Remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances. Finesse a nigga with some counterfeits, but now I'm counting this. Parmesan with 